0: John 18 this morning, we'll begin reading in verse 12. I want to read verses 12 through 15, and we'll skip down to verse 19 and continue reading on to verse 24. So just follow with me as I read this morning. John chapter 18, beginning in verse 12. Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound Him. And led him away to Annas first, and for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now, Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus onto the palace of the high priest verse 19 and the high priest then asked jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine jesus answered i answered him i speak openly to the world i ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple whether the jews always resort and in secret i have said nothing Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest? So, Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest. There are a lot of details that John does not include in his account of the events that took place the night that our Lord was arrested in Gethsemane. Those details are revealed to us in the other three Gospels. And so we're going to take some time this morning, much like we did last Sunday, to read some Scriptures, to get an understanding of what is taking place here, what took place. So open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. In Matthew, chapter 26, we're going to read Matthew out of Matthew, we're going to read out of Mark, and we're going to read out of Luke. And it's good sometimes to take the time to compare Scripture with Scripture so that we have a more full account of what is going on. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 57 we read, And they that laid hold on Jesus led Him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Verse 59 Now the chief priest and elders and all the council sought false witnesses against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last, two false witnesses, at the last, came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God, and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answers thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor, Go now to Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, we'll begin reading again in verse 53. Mark 14 in verse 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with Him were assembled all the chief priests, and elders, and the scribes, verse 55, and the chief priest. And all the council sought for witnesses to witness against Jesus to put him to death. And they found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bare false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the chief high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we of any further witnesses? We have, you have heard the blasphemy. What think you? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him and cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy, the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 beginning in verse 54. Luke 22 in verse 54 says, that he took him and led him and brought him to the high priest's house. And we'll drop down to verse 66, Luke 22, 66. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, I tell you, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man, sit on the right hand of the power of God. And then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, "Ye say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. On the night our Lord was betrayed and arrested, He was taken first to Annas and then to Caiaphas. Both of these men are referred to as being high priests. That situation developed sometime in the days of, the, of King David, where there would be two of them mentioned. They actually had the second one in order to take the high priest place in case something happened that kept the first high priest from being able to function in his duties. And so it is Annas and Caiaphas, both considered at this time high priest. The trial before Annas and Caiaphas took the whole night. Several hours would pass before the morning would come. And in the early morning hours, our Lord was led from Caiaphas to Pilate's judgment seat. In John chapter 18, we read, Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas onto the hall of judgment. And it was early. So early that the the judgment hall was not even opened yet. The trial before the high priest was also attended by the chief priests, then the scribes, and the elders, and the whole religious council of Israel. We have to read all three accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke to get all that information. Matthew says in chapter 26, verse 15, that they laid hold on Jesus and led Him away and Caiaphas to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and elders were assembled. Three verses later, we read, and all the council. The whole religious authority in Israel partook in the trial against the Lord Jesus Christ that night. This was not just a few renegade religious people doing what they wanted to do. This was a concerted effort at the highest religious levels in the nation of Israel. The trial opened with no charges. Nothing was laid against our Lord Jesus Christ. You are here because you have stolen or murdered or whatever. None of that. Instead, false witnesses were sought. And the Scripture says many of them came. But none of them could agree. In Israel's law, it took two or three witnesses agreeing before someone could be condemned. The chief priest and elders and all the council sought false witnesses. That's what is said in Matthew 26 and verse 59. They have Jesus in custody and now they have sent out people to look for false witnesses and to bring them in by the multitude. And they did that went out seeking for some who would bear false witness against the Lord Jesus Christ. But none of them could agree. In the end, they found two that would say the same thing, but they couldn't agree on the details. And even those two could not agree together, according to Mark chapter 14 and verse 56. In the end, the high priest with his whole council. The whole of the Sanhedrin asked our Lord Jesus Christ a question that was intended to condemn Him according to their religion. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Are you Messiah, Israel's Messiah? Are you the Son of God? Jesus in Mark 14 says, I am. I am. Matthew and Luke record that he, that it was said, Thou sayest. It was the old English way of saying, You said it, I am. That's exactly who I am. Before Pilate and Herod, he'll be asked, Are you the king? And he'll say, I am. He stands before them, declaring before them the truth of who He is. I am the Son of God. Israel's Messiah, sent by the Father who has loved the world to save sinners from their sins. That is who I am. And that is what they hated. The trial ended. They used his own testimony to condemn him according to their own religion. The trial ended with a verdict of death. Based upon his own words with no other witnesses. The trial ended with a verdict of death based upon the religious errors within a false religious system among the Jewish religious leaders. He was condemned to death. Now that's the summary of the events that took place before they led him to Pilate so that He would be condemned to death. But John gives us some details. John exposes some things that the others do not expose. And that's why it is good to compare Scripture with Scripture and to look into the very details of things. So we come back to the Gospel according to John. And we read that Jesus was led bound to Annas and then Caiaphas. And then that in verse 19, the high priest then asked Jesus of His disciples and of His doctrine. They were supposed to be the most learned among all who believed the Word of God in that day. The high priest and the whole council were supposed to be the highest religious council that you could appeal to. If you had a question about anything religious, if the leader in the synagogues or other priests could not answer, you could appeal all the way up to the Sanhedrin. And these were men who were supposed to be the most learned of all who claimed to believe the Word of God in that day. They were the most educated, the most experienced, those who were most faithful, the most religious, the most strict of them was the Pharisees. Every detail of what they thought the Scripture taught, they were give heed to. They were supposed to be those who were most dedicated to the cause of God and truth on the earth. And they were the ones that sent out looking for false witnesses. They were educated. But they were ignorant. They were... Religious. But they were religiously blinded to who the Son of God was and to His purpose on earth. They could talk about God. A lot of people can talk about God. Even the devils believe God, in God. A lot of people use the word God. A lot of people use the word Jesus. But listen to what they have to say and test what is said by the Scriptures, and you find out that they do not know the living God or the Son of God. They were ignorant and religiously blinded to the Son of God and to His teaching. He had spent three or three and a half years teaching, though religious scholars, they did not know the Word of God. Over the course of my ministry, I cannot tell you the number of men that I've spoken to who had a Master's of Theology at the end of their name or a Doctor of Divinity at the end of their name who did not know God from a goat, who did not know the Word of God. They could quote men, but they could not open the Word of God and say, Thus saith the Lord, and when and if they did open the Word of God, it was the question whether or not God actually said this or whether or not God actually did that. Was it really God who created things? Or was there really miracles in the New Testament? Was Jesus really who he said he was? They would fill the minds and of the people with questions and leave them with no answers. Typical religious people, well-educated, ignorant of the Word of God. Though religious scholars, they did not know the Word of God. Listen to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Already Jesus has dealt with these people from the early days of His ministry. In John chapter 5, verse 38 and thirty nine, he is speaking to some of these very people who were there that night condemning him with false witnesses. He says in John thirty eight, John five and verse thirty eight, and you have not his word abiding in you. For whom he has sent, him you believe not. Verse thirty nine Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that speak of Me. They thought they had eternal life. They had planned out their life so that eternal life was there at the end of it. They had it based on the Scriptures. And Jesus said to them, Search the Scriptures that you think you have eternal life in. Because you don't have it. Because you don't believe Me. You neither know the Scriptures nor Me. He says. A few verses later in John chapter 5 and verse 46, He says, For had you believed Moses, the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, they had it. and Now, specifically, Christ speaks of Moses in reference to the first five books. If you just believed the first five books, if you had believed Moses, you would have believed Me. For He wrote of Me. From Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books, they speak of Christ. Some people I know look and read from Genesis to Deuteronomy and all they see is law and fire and brimstone. They don't see Christ in it at all. But out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, He said, those five books, those first ones, they speak of me. They speak of me. Had they believed Moses, they would have believed me, for he wrote of me in verse 47, John 5:47. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? If you won't believe what Moses wrote, you're not going to believe what Jesus said. The summary of those words is this. If you don't believe the Scriptures from Genesis to the Revelation, you're not going to believe on Jesus Christ. They speak of Him. They reveal Him. But the Jews did not believe Him. Though they confessed to know the true God, they did not know Him. They said they believed His Word, but they did not believe His Word. And then they said, we believe the true God. But in John chapter 8 and verse 19, a few chapters later, as Jesus is dealing with some of the same exact people, Jesus answered and said, He said, you neither know Me nor My Father. If you had known Me, you should have known My Father also. You don't know God. He's talking to people who are very religious. He's talking to those who are in the upper echelon of the, of the religious society of Israel. He's talking to those who said, we are the ones that give light on the Word of God. You peons, you, you poor people, you don't understand the Word of God. You... Don't understand the law of God. You don't know the Word of God. We're the ones that interpret the Word of God for you. He's talking to those people. And He says, you don't know the Word of God and you don't know God. You don't know God. And so, these are the people that had gathered Him together that night. These are the people who sent out and gathered the false witnesses. These are the people when none of the witnesses, the multitude of witnesses could agree among themselves these are the people that set him up with a question that would eventually be the means of his condemnation before them. And let me address one other issue here before we go on. I've been calling this a trial. And most of the commentators call this a trial. But I would suggest to you that this was not a trial to confirm that the law of the land had been broken. It was not a trial where the witnesses agreed to the facts of the case. It was not a trial, in fact, in the true sense of the word trial. Not at all. Instead, this might be better called a religious inquisition. Those of you that know anything about Christian hi- history know that the word inquisition developed during the Reformation, maybe before that. But the inquisition developed among Catholicism when the word began to be used more frequently. But what we have here on the pages of the Scripture is not a trial, but in fact an inquisition. But what is an inquisition? An inquisition is an investigation conducted with little regard for the individual's rights and often carried out by using cruel and painful methods. No right to counsel, no right to speak in defense, no right at all before his accusers. He simply accused and then beaten. In the inquisitions that would develop in later history, they were beaten in order to get them to admit certain things. And most of your forefathers would never admit to what they were being beaten to say. In this case, it is a religious inquisition carried out with regard, without regard to the individual rights of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a law in the land of Israel God had established it. Criminals had rights in court. They had the right to hear and bring witnesses that would defend them. The judge oftentimes had to make a decision which of the witnesses are lying. They had the right to appeal all the way to the king. Remember Solomon with the two women bring the one baby. They had the right to come before the king to make a decision as to who is right and who is wrong. None of that was there. In fact, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, the the Sanhedrin, the religious council, had already determined that Jesus Christ needed to die. And they needed to capture Him and bring them before Him to accomplish that task. In John... Chapter 18 and verse 19, the Bible says, The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Asked of his disciples. Why? What significance is that? Unless they're looking to destroy the disciples too. Questions like, how did you go about gaining your followers? How, how many followers do you have? Who are those who are your followers? You know, that kind of stuff goes on in countries like Russia and China and in India. In India, they have, uh, they have anti-conversion laws. And if you warn a sinner that hell is waiting for them or promise them that Christ can take him to heaven. They say you are forcing a conversion. And uh, when they take the new convert and try to get him to renounce Jesus Christ, one of the things they do is get him to try to enlist all the names of the people that he met with last Sunday. False religions do that. They're not content to declare their message publicly and let it stand or fall with the message of Christianity. They are not content to let anyone believe something contrary to what their religion teaches. Who are your disciples? How many do you have? How did you get them? Where are they at? Our Lord Jesus Christ did not answer that question. He did not forsake His followers, nor shall He ever forsake His followers. We have the promise of Scripture, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The second question was about His doctrine. Interesting, isn't it? These are religious men. They are doctors of theology. They are men who are well educated. And they have to ask Him about His doctrine. They did not ask of His doctrine so that they might learn from Him or so that they might be persuaded of the error of their own doctrine. They don't want to sit down face to face with Jesus and say, we believe this, what do you think? And what does the Scripture say? They're not willing to be taught. They have their religious understanding of things and they're set in the error of their way. Not at asking because they want to know they, These are not people who are interested in truth. Truth has been set before them for three and a half years. They have followed Jesus, trying to catch Him with His words. Their only interest is in preserving their own religion. His doctrine stood in opposition to their doctrine. Their doctrine was based upon human tradition and the false interpretation of the Word of God. His doctrine was based upon the truth of the Word of God. He said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth. In the book of the Revelation, He is called the faithful witness. God's faithful witness spoke the truth. And that was in opposition to what they believed. They wanted to know His doctrine so they could find fault with it and could find fault with Him. How many times in India was I asked, Sir, Sir, and they would raise their hand in a meeting like this, Sir, we believe thus and thus, what do you think? That phrase, what do you think, it was very common in India. What do you think? And my answer was, well, what does the Word of God say? You see, because it's not too important what I think. It really isn't. And I don't want to offend you, but it really isn't too important what you think. The real question is, what does God say? Mm. As I went there in 1990, that raised their hand. Sir, thus and thus is what we believe. What do you think? And I would say, well, let's find out what the Scripture says. And James, the man that invited me there, uh, his father was a Baptist pastor. And after five days of preaching, they only gave me five days in that area, remote, very difficult to get in, very hard place to be, very dangerous place to be. They assigned me military guards. Everywhere I went, they were there. They heard the preaching, Hindus and Muslims, they heard the preaching of the gospel. James's dad came to him after those five days and said, "I don't know if I believe in election, but one thing I do believe. What does the scripture say?" Ten years later, ten years later, James's father comes to him and says, "From the scriptures, I now believe in election. From the scriptures, ten years as God worked." to teach that man the, the Scriptures. But they're not interested in what could, His doctrine is. They're interested in preserving their own doctrine. They don't want to be challenged here or there about what they think. They think they already know. And so they ask Him of His disciples. And they asked Him of His doctrine. And verse 20, Jesus answers them. Jesus answered him, the high priest, and spake op- I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always resort. And in secret, I said nothing. And then adds, Why ask thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I have said. You went out looking for false witnesses. You brought in a multitude of false witnesses. They couldn't agree among themselves. You asked me about my doctrine, and I have said before you, This is what I've taught, and I've taught it publicly. Go get the people that heard me teach and ask them what I said. They will tell you what I have said. I spake openly. The Greek word behind the English word openly means with freedom and boldness. I stood and, as a preacher and preached from the beginning of my ministry until this day with freedom to speak, with boldness to speak, and without any deceit or intent to deceive. I simply declared as plainly as possible the truth of the Word of God. Satan always hides his message, his lies with a mixture of truths. One of the most difficult things is to dig out the lies that religions teach because they're covered up and couched in so much true religious religion, uh, religious truth mixed in in the midst of all of it. Don't you believe this? Don't you believe that? And of course you say, yes, of course I do, but what about this? Oh, don't worry about that, just this little thing. No. That little thing's going to send you to hell. (coughs) That lie about who Jesus is is going to send you to hell. That lie about what grace is is going to send you to hell. No matter how much of this you add, this truth... You mix in, he does. A little lie with it. I've often heard Baptist preachers say, how much arsenic would you be willing to take in a glass of water? little drop? Would you drink it down? Just a little drop. Just a little bit. What does the Scripture say? A little leaven does what? It leaveneth the whole lump. Leavens the whole lump. Christ said to His disciples early in their ministry, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware the false doctrine that is mixed with so much truth. Beware. Beware. Our Lord spoke the truth because He's the true God. He's the faithful witness. And everything our Lord did, everything He said was open. He spoke nothing in secret. He, didn't, he gathered His disciples in secret, but teaching them privately, encouraging them, strengthening them. But, there was nothing said in that private room that He did not publicly say before the Jews. He has nothing to hide. God has nothing to hide. There's no deceit here. He spoke plainly and simply concerning the truth of the Scriptures. He said, I spoke openly to the world. The Jews believed the gospel was for them alone. Our Lord's was, message was not a message for the Jews alone, but for the whole world. I spoke to the world, but also I spoke to the Jews. What kind of effect would that have had on the religious leaders? I spoke to the world. Wait, wait. No, hell, you, you, you can't do that. This God is our God, this God is Israel's God. this truth is Israel's truth. You can't do that. How often, in my ministry, I'd be asked, why are you preaching the gospel to these tribals in India? You know that India has a caste system. It's here and here and here and here, four levels and below that are the untouchables, and below that are the tribals. And God called me to the tribals. The lowest of the low, the scum of the earth, as far as they were concerned. Why are you preaching to these tribals? That Muslim sergeant asked me as he was driving me around in his Jeep. Because God sent me to preach to them, I said to him. He was quiet and he did not want to hear that. The Jews may reject Him. They may reject His message. But among the Gentile nations, God has a people that He will call out and that will be saved out of all the nations of the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple whether the Jews always resort. He says, speaking to the world, He spoke also to the Jews. says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, and He came to Nazareth where He had been brought up and as His custom was, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. It was his custom to be in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, to read and teach and preach the Word of God. The Scripture says in Luke chapter 19 in verse 47, and he taught daily in the temple. The temple was in Jerusalem. When he wasn't in Capernaum, when he wasn't in Nazareth, when he was in other places, he was in synagogues. When he was in Jerusalem, he was in the temple, daily in the temple teaching the Word of God to the people. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. Ask them what I said. They know what I said. Again, while the Jews were seeking a multitude of false witnesses, he says, there are witnesses out there if you want them. There are people out there if you want them who've heard what I have said. Go fetch them and bring them in here. They will tell you what I have said. Every Christian that has ever been born again since the beginning suffers exactly the same thing the Lord Jesus Christ has suffered. We are conformed to His image in everything, in every way. And some of you in this room can say, My words have been twisted. They said, I said this. I didn't say that. They say, I believe that. I don't believe that. And I think about what Christ has said here. Why don't you come and sit among those that hear me preach? Why don't you come and read what I put in print? Why don't you come and see what I put online? Why don't you click on sermon audio and listen to what I've said? Instead of just going around saying, He believes this or He believes that. Some of you ladies have suffered the same kind of thing. As long as we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, things like that will happen. If they did it to Him, they will do it to us. There were a multitude of witnesses who had heard Him speak. A multitude was at His baptism. A multitude heard Him speak by the wayside when He pushed Himself out in a boat. A multitude gathered "...with him at on the Mount of Olives, a multitude who were in Judea and in Capernaum, who had heard him speak, the five thousand men plus women and children who he fed in the multitude in the wilderness, and four thousand later with plus women and children who he fed in another place." The multitude who were there when he healed the blind, or healed the sick, or made the 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 lame to walk. The multitude who were gathered at the graveside where Lazarus was raised from the dead. The multitude who had followed him from the wilderness, from Bethel into Jerusalem, crying "Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed be the King of Israel!" There were multitudes. There were multitudes. And on the earth today, there are multitudes who can speak of what Jesus Christ can do to save a sinner from his sins. There are multitudes that can say God has taught me from His Word. There are multitudes who can say God has said thus and thus in His Scripture. There are multitudes. The common people heard Him gladly. All the people were very attentive to hear Him, the Scripture says. What of you, dear one? Do you desire to hear Him? Do you desire to open the Word of God to find out what God has to say to your soul about your life, about your religion, about your thinking? Or do you desire to hold your own religious ideas and traditions and by doing so reject the Lord Jesus Christ in his word? Well, preacher, I got my own ideas about that. I asked someone once a long time ago, and they said something like that to me. I well, I got my own ideas about that. And I said, What does God think about your ideas? And he looked at me like no one's ever asked me that question before. When I said I got my own ideas about that, they just leave me alone, go their own way. I said, You know what? What does God think about that? You ever ask yourself, What does God think about your ideas, your opinions, your thoughts? It doesn't make any difference what the preacher thinks. And if you have questions, I'll be glad to sit with you. Some of you already know that to be true you got questions you don't understand, I'll be glad to sit with you. These are not glad to sit with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not glad to sit with Him and find out whether they believe truly or not. They are set against Him and against His Word. It ought not to be so in our own hearts. Children, it ought not to be so with you that you are set against the things of God. The Bible is given to us. Pick it up. Read it. Adults, Scriptures, truth. Pick it up. Read it. If you got questions, there are people here who can talk to you who will help you to understand. I had questions. I still have questions. And I ask because I want to know. Don't be content to not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be content to live your life without Jesus as your Savior. Don't be content with a little religious idea and to go out in eternity with, I just got my own ideas about that, preacher. Don't go out in eternity like that. There's only one Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. And He will teach you. He said He would. He said He would. Let's pray together.